Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams tick, tick, boom. Great sales teams are not recruited, they are built block by block. Let's get to work. So where where are you based out of? So I'm based out of Sacramento. Uh-huh. I grew up out here. Um, and then now, and I don't know if this is being, are we starting podcast? podcast? I mean, we, we typically include this part. <laughs> All I'll, right, I'll, cool. I'll do a formal introduction later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I used to, and, and we'll get into it in the podcast, but I started a company back when I was 21, uh-huh. uh, 20, 2021, with a partner. Grew that to about 280 sales reps this last year. Mm-hmm. Just recently, and I can't really go into it for legal purposes, but got the rug pulled out from under me. He was like mentor, father figure, didn't have anything in writing with him. Yeah. Uh, we grew this thing. Everything was paid historically, all that. Got that pulled out. So now I'm kind of starting over. It's kind of nice. I mean, it's fun. It's it's like a good story to tell. Yeah. And that V3, and I'll get into it on the podcast, but I, the reason I chose them and, and then kind of what we're trying to accomplish, what I've done. Um, and then uh, also big into real estate too. Uh-huh. So piled up, you know, a couple million bucks. So I can dump it into other investments. So I got a portfolio already, but now I've got a bunch of dry powder just waiting for, for some good deals to come through and nice. make some moves. You just, you just covered your introduction. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> but that's, that's basically what I had. All right, guys, I got Tanner Huber. He was a co-founder of Enlight Homes, which was a 300-person sales organization. You're the current director of V3, uh, director of summer sales for V3 Electric, and uh, you've also gotten into real estate at a you know very young age, and and now you've put together a six million dollar portfolio. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yep. So that's that. Yes, that's here, man. that's fantastic, man. We've got uh, you know a lot to unpack here with that. And so uh, typically where I like to start, just so we understand, you know, who you are, is kind of your childhood and what that was like and and what yep. kind of transitioned you into sales or the workforce in general. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So moved around a little bit, but most of my life spent here in Sacramento, California, grew up, you know, typical, loved sports, played football, uh, went through a couple injuries, like tour, I've torn three ACLs. So I tore a couple Gosh. ACLs in high school. Went on to play at BYU for about a year and a half, tore my third ACL. So uh, went through some some trials there and figured it out. But then, you know, I'm a, I'm a Mormon boy, like a lot of guys in door-to-door sales. Yeah. You know? Went, uh, served a mission out in Mexico City. So that kind of got me into that world. You know, I mean, just being in the Provo area in Utah, it's a door-to-door kind of capital, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, I was introduced to sales. Dude, I didn't want to be a sales rep. I didn't want to be in sales. My dad does medical device sales. He's a distributor, owns, you know, his distributorship. Um, and I always thought Wall Street, man, I'm going to go be financial Wall Street, you know, private equity, whatever. You're going to go, you're going to go be Boiler Room. Oh yeah. Vin, there you D- go. Vin Diesel and Boiler Room. <laughs> that, that was it, man. That was the goal. And, and you know, as you start to dive into that more, you realize, you know, that you're getting kind of into the rat race and, and pursuing somebody else's dream other than right. yourself. And, and dude, and then I found solar, right? And I mean, like you're you're in the solar industry. Mm-hmm. I found solar when I was about 21, fresh off the mission, and just kind of dove in head first and figured it out as I went. No, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah. And you know, you mentioned your dad. 
you know, he had his own di- dis- distributorship. And so basically, you know, for everybody that's listening that, you know, we, we have a lot of uh, followers that are in construction, right? And they don't really understand the concept of a sales organization. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just want to unpack that a little bit. So the, the medical device sales, he probably has a few different products that he sells. And then a yeah. distributor that they run through his contract is with the distributor. And then mm-hmm. um, uh, basically his job is to sell for that distributor exactly so yeah well he is the distributor so he actually right he, he contracts with there's three four companies okay. that have different products he then they, they bring them to him he has his warehouses and stuff okay and he at one time had you know 50 60 reps nice um all over so he's doing Coast. both he's doing the sales management and the and uh doing the being the distributor as well yeah 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 Dang. so he just he just gets shipped a ton of inventory and got to work with it so it's been cool, you know, growing up watching him do what he does and uh-huh. sales has got ups and downs, you know, so he's, he's gone through some adversity and recently I've had to pass through some adversity Absolutely. in the sales world, right? It's not always just up, up, up. It's like you're going up and then stuff can happen, you know, and come crashing down. But then, you know, what I'm learning right now is just the important part is, is pushing through that and continuing, you know, my personal progress, um, financial progress, all that kind of push for my dreams. So. Mm-hmm. So how big of an influence was he on you? You know, can you kind of look back and see now some of the things you're doing? It's like, man, that yeah. was, you know, that was what I learned when I was younger, kind of. You know, I, yes and no. Like, okay. my dad never, he, he's pretty chill. Like, I'm actually super, like, money-focused. My mom's more that way, right? Yeah. My dad was, like, relaxed, great dad. Hey, sports, always at the practices. If, it, if he had it his way, he'd actually work, like, less right he'd work none and my mom would actually work ten. so it was weird i think i picked up some kind of like this this mindset of like oh my gosh almost like a scarcity mindset which is probably not the greatest right. like man i gotta make money i gotta make money because what about tomorrow yeah. uh, but then i i picked up from my dad you know probably just those skills dude he was you know he's got like his office of like a zillion trophies right just trophies of all this crap that he's sold since he was yeah. in his 20s like being number one every year and then his organization's killing it so, so maybe hopefully that's kind of thrown, you know, flowing through my veins and I picked up some skills from him cause yeah, he, he was a stud, he's a stud and uh-huh. uh, I try to try to follow in his footsteps. So, well, I, yeah. I think what you'll find and, and, and hopefully we can talk about this in a couple of years, but what you'll find is once you have a family, you tend to, yeah. all right, I got to shut this off and I got to be present. You know what I'm saying? Because in, in, in my 20s, that was my issue. I couldn't shut it off. And I, and I was very motivated, very driven, very award-focused, very competition-focused. And then, you know, I would go home, and I would have to just be with my kids. You know what I'm saying? And that's a hard yeah. transition to make. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, well, I, that's kind of why I'm working so hard, right? Like, yeah. that's what I'm trying to, trying to shoot for. But you never know. Like, dude, I'm addicted to it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I when I booked this with you, I was in Europe for six weeks, mm-hmm. and that was killing me. I thought, man, six weeks in Europe will be just the time of my life. And it was, right? On, yeah. on one hand, it was awesome. I'm sure the but first the other week, hand, it like, was fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then after like, that, you're like... Three, I'm like, dude, I need to accomplish. I need to get out there and grind. Like, I miss... Yeah. Uh, a little bit of uh, adversity, a little something hard, mm-hmm. then that makes it, you know, you feel, you feel good inside for good, hard things, you know, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I love the grind and, and you're right. I think one, one day I'll have those I'll have kids and step back and say, Hey, you know what? Find a little more balance, I guess people would say, yeah. but at the same time, you know, Hey, to be great, there's, there's very little balance, you know, in, in being accomplished and what you're trying to pursue. So but I want to be a great dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. a, book, a book I would recommend for you is Burton Hughes, uh, Align Your Empire. 
Um, and uh, he's a he's a fitness pro. He's a romance cover novel, <laughs> or he's a he's a a romance cover model. There we go. Um, and uh, he's also uh, an accomplished uh, uh, roofer. You know, he, he he's a high end roofer. I mean, like half million million dollar homes. And, you know, he'll still knock doors and stuff like that every now and then. And he's got a roofing company and um, he does really well with that. And then he's got a roofing uh, sales education business. Right. Um, but he wrote a book called Align Your Empire. And what I loved about it is he says there is no balance. There's there's aligning your family and your business and your legacy and who you are as a human being. Getting all that in alignment so they all understand each other. You know what I'm saying? And if they all understand each other, if your if your kids understand why daddy's working late tonight, you know what I mean? Because you're trying to impact their future or other people's lives or you have these people depending on you and they understand that, then it they're not saying, oh, well, dad doesn't want to come home from work because he loves work more than us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah, exactly. that was the first time I was kind of introduced to that concept of alignment. And I've really been uh, diving into that over the last year or so. So I would no, definitely key in my marriage too, right? I mean, like just making sure it's aligned and it's understood, right? And communication is mm-hmm. open and, and we're, we're shooting for the same goals. Like you said, align just means that you're going in the same direction, right? Like you're parallel. And so then there's an understanding of like why we're heading in this direction. If you're going in one direction and you're, and somebody else wants to go in the other direction, then it's mm-hmm. going to work out. So. Yes. It's, uh, it, it's pretty nice when it does happen that way and everybody's on the same page though. So let's get into some of the, the tactical stuff of your, your background. And you can, you know, you can answer this however you want, because I know you may have some, some things you can't say about InLight, mm-hmm. and then you maybe you just want to focus on V3. Um, but, you know, a lot of uh, clients that I have for consulting or other, you know, sales organization owners, they have these roadblocks that happen when they try to scale. They'll have a five-man team, a 10-man team, and um, they'll have issues scaling. You know, the most I ever got to was about 110, you know. Mm-hmm. And then after after that, I realized, hey, the amount of salespeople wasn't the mark I was trying to hit. It was the amount of income per salesperson. That's kind of what I'm focused on now, right? But Well, and, and I actually want to hear you. So that shift, right? So when you mm-hmm. went from volume to quality, what did you change? What did you change from volume to quality? Like trying to get, hey, instead of 300 people, I want 100 people killing it. What did you change that? Um, honestly, it, it was my mindset, right? Yeah. My mindset before was body count equals bank account. You know, hire as many people as possible, run them through the system, let the system do the work, right? Mm-hmm. And now I maybe hire one person a week, you know, and it's they've they've been vetted. They go through a disc profile. They go through a core values test. You know what I mean? They um, They go through an interview with my VP of sales, you know, and so by the time they do something as simple and as entry level as an appointment setter for solar, mm-hmm. by the time they do that, we know that we have a future killer, you know, or, or not a killer, somebody that's aligned with our core values. And if we pour into them, they can become a killer and still be aligned with our core values, you know? Yeah. And so that's kind of how, how we've shifted, shifted it over the last 18 months. And the growth has been super slow. We, we also started in solar eight months ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've been doing AT&T for 12, 12 plus years, you know? 
And so the product change helps a lot because now, you know, my guys are making anywhere from 3,500 to, uh, you know, I just paid out a commission the other day for 12 grand for a 23 kilowatt system, you know? And so, uh, you know, we're able to bring in a a little bit better talent because the commissions are higher. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, I like what you were, you were saying there. So, so to kind of get into NYV3, all this stuff. So mm-hmm. when we started, right, and when, when all companies really start out, it's a little, it's a small group. It's like mom and pop. It's, uh, you know, hey, Doug does everything, right? right? Doug wears five hats. And that's great. That's how you have to start, right? And that's mm-hmm. how we started. And, and there's a few of us doing it all. And, and you can get to a certain level at that point, right? So you can get to your even 50 reps, maybe even 100 reps and kind of be wearing a couple hats and you can spread your value as a, as an owner or as an influential, you know, person in that organization, as a leader over maybe 50 people or um, maybe a hundred people. But as, as that number grows, your value to each individual starts to diminish slightly. Um, and it gets hard. It's hard to maintain. It gets hard to kind of control that quality. Like you were saying, um, and scale. And scale, and so that's the big thing that I've been working on everywhere. Everywhere I go, and, and I've learned it. I learned it at, at, at Enlight. Um, we started out there was like ten of us in an apartment, right? When I started in solar, I was 21 <laughs> years old. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm walking in the door. There's like ten guys. They're all, and I mean to be honest, they're all basically alarm guys that were like, dude, I don't want to do alarms anymore. You yeah. know, and and it was like, hey, if if I can work less, stay in an area, and and still make a hundred grand a year, I'm happy. And that's not the right mindset to have, right? Uh, but they were like pretty, pretty satisfied, uh, with where right. they were. I, I walked in, I had no idea, never knocked door before. Um, and we grew it. Right. And I, and I understood it. And as with a young kid, I was kind of like Mr. Golden boy, Hey, look, a 21, 22 year old can do this. And, and so what we did at Enlight was actually pretty unique. And we scaled a summer sales program for summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, specifically focused on college students and got them out for a four-month program to make as much money as possible, right? And do do really well. Yeah. Um, and so we scaled it. And so what we learned, though, I think, you know, hey, year two, three, I brought out, you know, 90, 90 to 100 reps, um, and we did well. And, but after that, it started to become an issue of scale, and it became an issue of how, how can we replicate the Tanner Hubers or a Doug, you know what I'm saying? How mm-hmm. can we replicate that and get more of those and what i've learned over like six and a half years now in, in solar is and just in business building and, and you know building great sales teams just like mm-hmm. podcasts is the yeah. thing is it's about processes and what you explained that's why i asked you i said hey what are you doing from that hundred to to, to make it better right to make it yeah. higher quality because dude i can get i can get a thousand people in the door right, right? and actually at v3 that's what we're struggling with right now they can get thousand people in the door but why then do we only have a couple hundred active reps right what what's the deal the turnover exactly and the yeah. turnover is because obviously if these if, if every rep coming in the door was making 150 200 grand a year they would be sticking around <laughs> right right 100 percent. and so it's all about building out processes just like you said hey we actually now sift through these interviews we do these different you know tests and things to make sure they're a good fit and so all you got to do is is you build a process um, that churns out success. And so, and it sounds so easy to say, right. right. But you yeah. want to build a machine. You really want to build a machine that can just replicate individuals because at the end of the day, if you leave it up to an individual, if I say, Hey, Doug, go, you know, go make 300 great sales reps. You're like, dude, 
I, I, there's 365 days in a year. Yeah, they would train one at a time. <laughs> I can't scale that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I can't do that. Um, you could probably go make 20, 30 great reps. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But that's only 20, 30 reps. Right. And so uh, that's that's the key. You know what I'm saying? I, I think um, obviously, first of all, knowing what you're doing. You know, I was just listening to your podcast this morning about recruiting. Mm-hmm. And first of all, like you were saying, you, you got to do it. You got to live it. You got to be the guy, you know, you got to be the guy because then once you figure it out, then your job is to replicate that, but you can't replicate something. You can't build a machine for success. If you yourself are not successful, you know, that's one of the things I noticed. Uh, I was uh, stalking your social media because I like to learn about my guests a little bit before. And uh, I think you referred to me by Taylor Armstrong, right? Yeah. Yeah. Taylor Armstrong and Bennett, Bennett Maxwell. Nice. And so, um, I wanted to learn a little about you. I saw one of your videos and you're, you're leading your team, you're in a meeting or whatever, and and they're all just dialed in on you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There has to be a certain amount of fandism there. I don't know how to say it. Like they have to be a fan of you. You know, they don't, they don't have to be like, Oh, I want to be Tanner, but they have to be like, Hey, I, I like what Tanner's about. You know, I like the way that he's leading the company and, and I like his values and I, and I, and I want to be in that position. Right. Yeah. And if they can't say that, you know, then they're probably not going to be around for very long. They're probably going to be looking over the fence at the other. It's the grass green. Finding the, you know finding I mean? the other guy they want to be like. It's yeah. true. And, you know, it's, it's kind of unique. I mean, it's not not unique to sales. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, we are dealing with certain a certain form of an individual. Right. We're mm-hmm. dealing with somebody who's highly motivated, ambitious, who wants, you know, has lofty goals. It'd be different, man, if I was working at like a. I don't know. I'm trying to think it like a nonprofit, you know, you're, you're attracting right. different kinds of people. Yeah. And so then you have to be a different kind of person to attract right. those people. But in sales, there's a specific person that does well and you want to attract those people who do well. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. And like you said in your podcast, I mean, do you, you got, you want the guys or you want the, the, the men and women who, you know, want to level up and be better every day. Mm-hmm. And so then you yourself have to emulate that and be getting better every day you know, live in every aspect of your life well and, and execute, you know what I'm saying? From planning out your weeks to executing in the gym, like you're talking about making the money, mm-hmm. being a good family, you know, member and stuff like that. So yeah. that's it. That's the first step in recruiting. You know, you can't replicate something that isn't good or that you can't replicate a bad uh, outcome. You know, right. you don't want that. exactly. So are you guys uh, still using the summer sales model? Are you recruiting in colleges and getting yeah. that summer sales program? Hey, you can pay for school in four months type of deal. Or what? what's the complete pitch there, I guess? And, and yeah. I'm asking this out of a little bit of curiosity because I competed with that model for so long in AT&T. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, Clear Home was one of the companies that I competed with. I think they're going to solar now. Uh, mm-hmm. And then... Man, who was it? Sitcor. Sitcor was a different kind of a model. It was more of an owner operator model. Uh, and there was a few other companies. And I, and I know if I said the names, you probably recognize them because they were yeah. big. They were big DirecTV dealers, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, we went to Revolution, ATT Revolution every year, and I would conversate with them and stuff like that. And they all had that similar model. It was like, you know, it, it, it's a it's a heavy uh, Mormon population, you know what I mean? Where they're at, uh, Salt Lake City. I'm actually going there in tomorrow. I'll be flying out to Salt Lake for. You, you know, real business owners. Have you heard, heard their podcast before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, they have a mastermind, and so I'm going out there. It's a quarterly quarterly deal, so I'm going out there for that. But anyways, uh, 
but yeah, they were all from like Utah, yeah. you know, <laughs> Utah. They were, you know, primarily college students, right? You yeah. get the guys who graduate, but the guys who graduate and stick with it are typically in management, you know, yeah. and they go back to college. Well, the, dude, the reason I like that and, and yeah, so V3, you know, when you say director of, of summer sales, dude, I'm honestly, I'm honestly just getting in there and uh-huh. grinding. And you're getting like, you know, shoulder to shoulder with, with every guy here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm trying to motivate all of us just to raise all the ships at the tide. Nice. Um, there's amazing reps here. And uh, I want to build by their side, by build with them a great summer sales program. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I know I'm doing. That's what, I, that's what I'm good at. Uh, and so the reason I like it, the reason I like summer sales is because one, there's there's a, a, a finite amount of time. And so you can increase intensity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then two, there's kind of this never-ending fountain of youth in colleges, right? There's just mm-hmm. there's just never-ending, and, and honestly, you can actually capitalize on on a really talented, let's say, you know, young Tanner Huber, young Doug, whatever, right, right. before they know they're a stud. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you find, yeah, that's you very find true. Twenty years old, and they're like, "Dude, I was working at McDonald's last year." And you're like, yeah. "Yeah, you look like you got what it takes to make." you know, 150 grand this summer. And so then you go put them in that situation and, and you paint a path for them. You get to mentor them at a young age to be able to meet their goals and their potential. And then also you put them into the structured, like I said, a more intense program mm-hmm. where you say, Hey, we, we house you, you know what I'm saying? So there's not, you're not going home to your buddies and yeah. hanging out, going on the lake and stuff. It's like, we house you. You're, you're in a meeting at 10 AM. You knock till you know, 9 PM every day for four months and they become a pro and and for a college student making 50 to 100 grand in the summertime they're stoked you yeah. know what i'm saying and then it and then it's kind of this again a machine like like mm-hmm. it just uh, replicates duplicates and you know, then they're like dude i'm gonna get my buddies out here next year boom then you got 10 more guys coming with each yeah. guy you brought you know and it just spreads so, like wildfire it does. It does. And, and again, the, like, you know, the key is really sifting through. It, it works out great in the Utah area because mm-hmm. you, you've got a culture that's already created. Like, yeah. like I came back from my mission and I already knew 20 guys who had gone knock doors. Yeah. Right. And so I could pick their brains and, and I could listen to podcasts and the company offices were all around. me, Right. Mm-hmm. So I already knew the expectations from the get go. Yeah. Um, so it's tougher in other colleges. You got to sift more kind of like you do mm-hmm. with your interviews and kind of put them through a little bit more. Um, but then our, our goal is one to recreate that Utah like culture of like, yeah. Hey, college students go and sell over the summer. I mean, if you can recreate that, it's huge. Um, and then two, we also just, we enter into that, that Utah realm and compete. And there's a couple things that are setting apart what I, I feel like I'm trying to create here with V3 okay. um, that other people can't, can't do, you know what I'm saying? Let's talk about that. <laughs> what, oh uh, yeah, there's yeah. a reason I there's a reason I chose V three and, and you know I'm not trying to make a plug for, you know but yeah. I, but I will. So. <laughs> yeah, go for it, go for it. Yeah. But uh, no, I love it because um, most companies, most solar companies, mm-hmm. and and I hate to just hate on like ninety percent of solar companies, but and I and I I was one right. I I, I used to do this. Most solar, solar companies start in sales and mm-hmm. they go backwards and they figure out all right we got a sales team. Let's back up and find an installer and then let's back up and find some financing, you know? Right. Um, the cool thing about V3 is they started opposite. They said so they were an installation company Yeah. and then they fast forward. They're like, all right, we got some sales guys. And now they actually finance their own systems, which is pretty rare. So yeah. in California, we do a lot of PPAs mm-hmm. um, and then they're working on their loan fund right now. Yeah. But it's pretty rare to find a company vertically integrated. You know, you'll find the sun runs and the, 
you know, all the big companies out there that even Sunova. The, even the big ones are getting away from that because it, yeah. it, it does one and, and you know, it all happens at scale, but a lot of times they're, you know, they're, they're installing so many systems and for so many sales organizations, and then they have their own sales organization and they start competing with the other ones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So as long as, as long as you're willing to sub out your installs, like you're going to compete with your own dealers, you know what I mean? And so do you, you guys keep everything vertical or do you all install for other dealers too? No, no, no. So now it's vertically integrated. Uh Um, Obviously they started, you know, installing for a bunch of people and then they built their own sales force up. Um, And so I found that pretty rare, you know, because when you're Mm -hmm. talking about value in a company, right? Um, You're you're talking about reoccurring revenue. You're talking about enterprise value. Uh, long-term value. And so when you're working sales only, it's hard to say, Hey, in five years. Yeah. It's a a one X multiple. Yeah. You know, a a sales organization, 1.5 tops. If you have a strong, strong systems and processes in place and you've proven that it runs without you 1.5, you know, but if you're an install company, we're talking three to five multiple, you know, and then you're talking finance company. You're talking, that's like Sunova, for example, they're like worth several billion, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and so then you're talking that 20 X multiple on financing and that's huge. And so that's what attracted me. It's really professionally ran. I mean, when I, when I first, you know, most solar companies, I was popping around checking out everybody just seeing what was out there. And some of them are just like, Hey, slap, slap together, you know, and and it's, it's not that professional kind of like a a corporate feel here. You know, you got a hundred people in the office and then you got a couple hundred guys out selling. So yeah, that's a big reason, but then, but then the summer stuff, right? So then talk about summer because there's, there's a company which V3 is freaking awesome. But um, then you got to back it up. Like when we go into the realm of Utah, right. And compete mm-hmm. against the, the other guys that are trying to do a summer sales organization for solar. First of all, dude, most of these guys just started up a couple of years ago or maybe within the last year trying to do summer sales because yeah. it's fairly unique. I mean, and you know, like imagine dude, if you had a rep who said, Hey, Hey Doug, I can only work for you for four months. You'd be like, dude, I mean, let's let's try to crank those installs out you right. know what i'm saying and let's try to get you ramped up and trained as fast as possible because four months ain't a long time in solar right and so we've got you know there's some amazing training you know ramping up processes that we put people through we set mm-hmm. really clear expectations with them so like day one they get out here and they're closing deals you know what i'm saying like they close their own deals from the start um and uh, their installs are just within a couple of weeks. So we're so doing y'all, like two, three installs. Y'all do a complete setter closer model in one. Yeah, yeah. So they set and close from themselves. You know, I mean, if, if you're if they're joining us, let's say we recruit them mm-hmm. end of March. You know, what I'm saying a little late. Of course, we're going to go close their first four or five deals and stuff. Right. But we require, hey, on these blitz trips, refer. You know, you got to come on two blitzes before summer, mm-hmm. and and that is when we close the deals for them. Gotcha. And that's when they see it. Yeah, that's so more of a training you, model, though. Like your your actual sales force is setting and closing their own deals. Yeah, once they get out here. So mm-hmm. I'd say everybody after week two is closing their own deals. That's the goal. yeah, absolutely. Yep. No, that there's a, a few. Sense. There's a few who just never will get there, and we just say, hey, whatever, man. Yeah, hey, you you can be a center. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But we want guys uh, making the most money possible, uh, being su- as successful as possible, um, and so we get them to be setters and closers day one get out the gate dude that honestly they probably drop a few deals in their first month that they yeah. should you know, i mean they that, it's gonna happen yeah yeah and that they, that has to happen that's, that's where like the the learning curve reduces by like five times you know what i'm saying because if you let them fail 
and they, they recognize the failure, they learn from it, then it, it, instead of jumping in and saving them all the time, and then they have that safety blanket, you know what I mean? I think that's real important that they go out there and they fail. And if you do have an abundance mindset, then you know there's going to be another door with another customer behind it, and we're going to make that one happen, you know? Oh, 100%. And, and, and that's the thing I think a lot of companies lack a vision of like, hey, so when you bring in 10 new reps, what's your vision or goal for them in the next two or three months? Where do they need to arrive to? Like, what's the goal? And my goal always, I see a guy, I say, how can I make you a solar pro? How can I just make you a pro at this job? Mm Self-sufficient, stud sales rep as quickly as possible, right? I mean, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we put together a program and a process, right? It's not just Tanner Huber trying to go stamp out these guys. It's a training process that the company has put together that gets somebody from, hey, I've never knocked a door before to, man, I feel confident closing my own deals within eight weeks of getting to know B3, right? From being recruited day one to week eight, boom, you're closing your own deals, you're a pro. You're yeah. Pro. And that's the way, that's the way it should be. I, I always tell, you know, my clients, it's like your first, your first move is not to hire the salesperson. You know, that's like the 17th move. Your, your first move is to start creating the sales program. And that's going to start with, you know, train, training the sales rep, you know what I mean? And going through that training program, the onboarding program, the, uh, the continuing education, you know, the opportunity structure, the scope mm-hmm. of work, you know, all these things have to be created before they even walk in the door and they have to be able to walk through them like the machine. So basically the sales program is the machine, right? Exactly. And, and it's hard for a lot of people to do that because it's you forego that instant Money, gratification. Gratification. Mm-hmm. It's it's this thing of like, okay, I'm building something, and this building requires some time, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, to to be honest, like for example, I, I recruited guys here, right? And I told them, hey, look, I'm going to close your deals. Uh, you know, you're because they weren't trained. They didn't go through our training program. Right. right? They're late to the game. So I said, hey, your first six weeks, I'm just going to close all your deals for you. I'm going to pay you all the money because at the end of the day, I want these guys to make a ton of money. So that then when they go back to college, they recruit a bunch of guys and we grow something together. So if they don't have a good experience, if I'm saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the majority of your deals. Yeah. And then when you go to college, good luck. Well, then I'll never see them again. You know, yeah. then it's not a one year. Hey, I don't want you here for a summer. I want you here for the next five years. You know? that, that was going to be my question. Do you have uh, do you have conversion rates on year one to year two? You know, basically, yeah. uh, how long do they stick around? What are you guys turning over summer over summer? It, it's a bit, it's a bit of turnover. You're looking yeah. at about 30, 30, 40% attention. Uh-huh. Um, and, and honestly, those that's are the guys that kind of promote it up. Yeah. yeah. Like if I, if I looked, so my, my model is completely different. Right. And it's not like this way on purpose. I'm just, I'm in Texas, you know what I'm saying? And we, yeah. you know, we don't, we don't have enough college students to create that model. I mean, yes we do, but it's not yeah. the culture that you're coming from. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the people when they walk in my office have never knocked on a door for anything. Right. have yeah. never sold anything. And all they did before was flip burgers. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, they don't have that mindset, you know, that you guys have up there in Utah. You know, you guys are hungry, <laughs> you know, and uh, it, 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 it is a great thing. But so the, the guys that I have are especially my leaders, they're family men. You know what I mean? They've been with me for four five, six years. Right. And um so we have to kind of, instead of arranging our model around a summer lifestyle or, hey, I'm going to work my butt off all summer, pay for my college, you know what I mean, and be rich, 
at 22 years old, what, what it would be considered rich for a 22 year old. Right. Um, it's, uh, Hey, how do I, you know, and I, and I say balance because at their age they're thinking balance, right? How do I balance my family or, um, you know, my social life, you know what I'm saying? Cause they actually, they actually give it, they, they have it then, you know what I'm they saying? Social Y'all life, social yeah. life is each other, right? When you're on those summer <laughs> yeah. trips and stuff like that. And so, uh, and then, yeah, some of them have kids young, you know what I mean? They didn't go to college, you know, they went straight into the workforce. And so we're, we're opening up their eyes, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's a year round deal. You know, our, our numbers do increase in the summer, but that's because there's more hours of daylight, you know? Yeah. And uh, some of our best months have been in December. You know, can you imagine having your best month in December? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? That's funny. Yeah, and so it's a, it's a completely different program. And, um, but a lot of what you're talking about, bringing them in and getting them trained up to be a closer is very, very similar, you know? Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I love everything that that you're you're talking about and you're getting into some tactical stuff too right because you have a i guess one of my questions is uh where did you get that long-term vision from right so to to not be worried about all right right now and if i work with this guy for six weeks and i give him all these commissions and everything where'd you go from having that uh short-term vision to that long-term vision right because you know your initial thought probably you know when you were younger or if you hadn't been, if you didn't have the right mindset, would be, um, yeah, hey, okay, I make the money now, right? Yeah, like, guys. am I going to spend six weeks on this guy? And he's going to dip. Or I'm going to close <laughs> it, and he's going to dip. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a that's a big commitment there. Yeah, it's it's tough, and and for certain people, be like, when you have got zero dollars in your bank account, that's not an option. You right. have to, you know. Um, so, so one, one reason I changed from, I had that short-term mindset and I started out a short-term mindset, totally did. Yeah. Um, but as we built something and I just learned early, I think some people maybe don't even have that opportunity to learn about a long-term mindset until later in their life because they don't right. build anything long-term. But, you know, as I was building a company where I was, I started realizing, wait, this is something long-term and it doesn't happen until you've got a culture, you've got a foundation, you've got the programs built, right? Mm-hmm. If you just recruit some guys and you're just kind of trying to sling some deals, you'll always have a short-term mentality. Yeah. But when you start investing time into building the programs and building the processes, then all of a sudden you're like, hey, I invested all this time. So I'm gonna, I'm not doing this just for this year. I invested that time for 10 more years. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So you're like, so then all of a sudden you change everything you start doing to being like, well, if I already invested six months of my time into building this program, well, then let's just keep investing stuff long-term and, and see where it can take us. Um, and then also also my confidence in myself, right? So I think people have a short-term mentality in a scarcity mindset where they say, I don't know about tomorrow. I'm not confident in my abilities to provide for myself. Yeah. So I need to take from you today, right? right. Where I know, I mean, like not tooting my own, but like, dude, this last three weeks signed 36 deals, right? Did like 22 self-gen deals. Mm-hmm. in three weeks and in California. And I just know, Hey, I know, you know, crap can hit the fan tomorrow and I will go to be able to provide myself. Like life's good. Like I can figure it out. So why do yeah. I need to take that money? You know, 22 of those deals are mine. The other 14 I signed for other guys. And I'm just giving that money to them because yeah. I don't need those 14 because I can do it myself. You right. Know? And you're um, also building a, a business, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. those 14, you know, and I, I don't know what your deal is with uh, B3, but I would imagine yeah. 
any any way you slice it, at the end of the day, those 14 are going to come back to you in residual yeah. income that you don't have to close for, right? Whether it's an override, uh, ownership interest, profit sharing, whatever the case is, right? And so, um, you know, that, that that's good to have that long term. But I think a part of that, and this is this will be a good transition into the, the real estate portfolio, I, I feel like you live a certain way so that you can have that money to invest, right? So for me, personally, I'm comfortable at 100 grand a year. Like, that's what I need to be happy, to live, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And every, you know, in my 20s, it wasn't. No, it had to be 300, 400, half a million, right? Yeah. And uh, I lived that lifestyle. It was more of an experience-based lifestyle, you know, than a... Uh, <laughs> Than a being in the present in the moment base, and then I got in my 30s, and I was like, I don't need to keep doing this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can, I can take that money and invest it, or I can take that money and put it back into my business. You know, yeah. and um, so I, I had that mindset mindset yeah. shift. You know, but I didn't have a lot of leadership in my life or mentors in my life to get me there faster, right? Yeah. And so I guess talk about that. How do uh, how do you? Uh, 27. Yeah. How at 27 years old do you have a $6 million portfolio? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Working my tail off and selling a lot of <laughs> building, building the great sales team. But, uh -huh. uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, cause, cause financially a lot of things changed in the last six months for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not at NY anymore and I'm, and I'm over here at E3 and, um, I'm really glad that I wasn't foolish with my money when I was making it yeah. big, big money. Mm -hmm. Um, and granted we're, we're on to better things now, you know? And so, uh, investing is huge and I would invest to the point where it hurt and it would motivate me to sell more. Right. I, I'd have like nothing. I'd invest so hard that I didn't have anything left. I did that a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> I did when that a month ago and yeah. I was like, I just had six figures in the bank, but I invested mm -hmm. in this, this, and this. And I'm like, son of a gun. I ran out of money. I got to... <laughs> I got to figure this out. <laughs> I would do that every year and, it, yeah. and, and every summer, right? I, I'd prep it and mm -hmm. I'd say, dang, I got to work my butt off. And I, and I just love real estate as a vehicle. I mean, when I was 22, I walked in my buddy's house. He was 24 mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, it's my house. And, and I don't pay a thing for rent. It, actually, I make a couple hundred bucks a month. And I was like, no way. You know, I was like, no way, dude, you're 20. Cheat code unlocked. <laughs> exactly. I was like, ding. And I was like, that's my goal right there. So it started with one house, you know, and, and getting into real estate, uh, it, it always just starts with the first one. You know, and I think I love being with these younger guys at 20, 21 years old, because they're in that same spot that I was in and they're making that same money that I was making. You know what I'm saying? They're going through all these little steps that I've, that I've taken myself. And so it's cool to be able to give them a little bit of advice and say, mm -hmm. Hey man, look, you made your first 150 grand. Don't go blow that on that awesome car that you want right now. Look, you can get that one day. That's fine. You know, mm -hmm. and I was like, honestly, go invest in a property. Like you're going to be paying rent wherever you're at, you know? So go pay yourself, you know, own that, get that equity in the house, um, do the house hacking, get your roommates, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I did my first property, you know, I had a basement apartment, rented that out to a married couple, had my roommates. I was cash flowing a couple hundred bucks a month, living nice. for free, you know, moved out of that one, bought another. And so, you know, now I've bought, you know, seven or eight different houses. I bought a couple, you know, I've got a few duplexes. I've got, nice. you know, a sixplex. Um, and, and I've kind of flipped some of those. So I don't still own all seven or eight of those homes, single right. family homes. But um, now I've rolled them up into bigger things. And mm -hmm. uh, it's awesome. I mean, the, the way that you can work real estate with tax advantages, with cash flow, appreciation, mm -hmm. and also, dude, my timing. I mean, I got, I, 
there's luck to it too, right? There's yeah. timing. There's, there's stuff I, I didn't know was going to happen that happened and it was awesome, right? So I yeah. bought homes at 320 grand, sold them for 550 grand. It's like, right. Of course, that's I also had to. California, though. <laughs> like, that's well, that was Utah. That was actually okay. Utah. But, yeah. you know, but it was when I bought, right? 2018. If you, if you bought, so, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, if you bought a home in 18 and you still have it now, you doubled your money. You know? Exactly. So, <laughs> the part of it's out of my hands. I can't just say, oh, I'm just so good. I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I did it. I did it. Yeah. And that's one big thing I'll say is a lot of people talk. A mm-hmm. lot of people are like, I'm going to get into real estate. Yeah. They come out here and they're like, I'm going to sell lights out. In reality, they install five deals. And you're like, dude. And then, and then, or they do make the 150 grand. They're like, yeah, I'm going to get into real estate. And then, you know, two years later, you're like, dude, what, why didn't you get into real estate? Well, they're afraid. You know, like they don't, yeah. they don't have that confidence in themselves to be able to go make that money again. Right. And so for them, investing until it hurts is scary. Yeah. You know, because they don't, they don't think they can do it again. So I just, I just always did it. You know, most people mm-hmm. talk. And I said, I said, you know what? If it feels right, just do it. Just yeah. pull that trigger buy the house, buy the next house, buy another house. It's like, mm-hmm. let's replicate this. So. so one of the, one of the things that we do is, and I, and I would in, encourage you to do this yourself because now you're the expert in it, right? Whether you know it or not, you're an expert in, in real estate. You know, you've done more than a lot of people that put out the courses have done, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so let's just establish that first. But what we do is we, we, we hire experts to come in and do a training for us. And it's typically an hour training, right? And it may be on real estate, maybe on taxes, maybe on credit, maybe on, um, uh, uh, what is it called? Meditation. You know, we've got one for meditation on Friday, right? And, uh, we record it. And then we take that and we put it into our, uh, what we call our freedom training. And, you know, our mission statement is we help each other achieve freedom, right? And what we know is that freedom is not achieved through going out and being a good salesperson. Freedom is achieved once you make the money, what you do with it, right? So understanding taxes, understanding real estate investing, uh, crypto, NFTs, uh, understanding syndication deals, you know, uh, stock market, you know, and we have experts in every category because of uh, my network and Apex and then RBO mastermind as well. And so we hire and we pay them a thousand bucks for an hour, whatever the case is. We record that. We put it into our training. And as our guys move up in the company, they go through that training. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we're not just educating them on sales. We're yeah, educating them on how to win at life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And That's so huge. I make sure you guys are well-rounded, you know? Yeah. 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 Just, just hit the record button and go, man. You, you've got all the knowledge and everything. And then you guys are hearing it from you, and it makes it more powerful than, than hearing it from, you know, the the expert they never met or anything like that. And they they see your portfolio. You know what I mean? They they hear you talk about, oh, you know, how to evict a tenant the other day or whatever the case is. You know, yeah. or maybe you got a property management company. I don't know, but um, I think that could be a really cool aspect for your for your guys as well. You know, yeah, and that's something we try to coach them on, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of values you can provide to people that make them want to stay there. You know, it's not just, yeah. hey, I'm going to get you to be a good salesman. I'm going to get you to be a better person, you know, because we've got a great culture, but I'm also mm-hmm. going to teach you about real estate. I'm going to teach you about other skills in your life. And yeah, no, it's been good, man. Sold, sold actually, I sold a house two weeks ago, sold one yesterday. Mm-hmm. So a lot nice. of real, real estate movement right now. So pulling some money out of the market, uh-huh. throw it back in here in the next six months and be rolling on more deals but and who yeah, knows you you turn that course into uh offer it online and sell it for 500 bucks a pop you know it's yeah like, well that's my that's my goal actually so really you know, brody fit with uh, real estate investing school i don't know if you've heard of that no no i haven't I, 
I'm in his course right now. And he, he's honestly, I'm guess, I guess I'm like unknowingly following in his footsteps, but okay. I mean, dude, there's a lot of 20 to 30 year olds who end up going and making great money, you know? Yeah, And, it, and so it's not about the mark you, yeah, which you hit. Cause obviously you're not at his level yet. Right. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, you know, in my network, it's Brandon Brittingham, you know, he's got mm-hmm. something like 3000 doors or something like that, you know, some insane yeah. portfolio. Right. Or, uh, Dan Constantino, he's another one. Um, but you're able to talk to different people than, uh, was, was it Brody? Yeah, Brody. Yeah, yeah. you're able to, to communicate and to relate to different people than Brody is. So your course may be more valuable for someone else than Brody's is, right? People, right? Like, that that yeah, kind of thing. For, for guys who are just starting out and stuff. So, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the end goal is honestly like kill it here, build this program, mm-hmm. you know, uh, provide as much value here as I can. And then as I build that, get heavily, you know, more invested into real estate over these next several years and then kind of pivot into that. So you provide value in the real estate industry and say, Hey, young guys who are in my shoes, making great money in sales. Here's how you transition from sales into that dream lifestyle of, you know, Hey, retire, retire earlier, yeah. you know, have that passive income right. that makes you, you know, be able to relax. And that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, you know, trying to work on my goal, my goal is like about 25,000 a month passive is my goal over the next like year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. So I've got about 18 months to, to hit that. And then, and then honestly, at that point, like you said, you hit that benchmark in your life and you can see, okay, well now what do I want to do? Yeah. You know, if, if money's not a problem, like what, what, uh, what do I want to accomplish in life? Um, and what value do I want to provide to others? So that's, that's typically my last question <laughs> is, yeah. um, you know, legacy is real important to me because I didn't have one to adopt or to carry on. Right. And so a lot of, a lot of times, you know, at at least for me, and then a lot of the entrepreneurs that I know were the generational game changers. Right. And so, you know, my, my last question is typically, you know, legacy, what does that look like for you? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. You know, I look up to a lot of people like like you and, and others providing value to other people. Mm-hmm. And I learned by building a sales force that providing value to those guys is actually what fills you up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, fills up your cup. Making, you know, an extra several hundred grand at the end of the day doesn't change your whole life and move you much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what I've looked for is like, okay, of course, Money aside, right? You got to make money, whatever. I got to live. Yeah. Past that, the legacy is trying to relate to people who've, who who passed through hardships that I've passed through mm-hmm. and giving them the, the advice to be successful long-term. Like life's not easy. You know, I'm sure you have your hardships. I have my hard things um, and, and everybody does. And I think it's important for them to understand, hey, there's, other, there's others that have passed through this exact same hardship or deal with these exact same insecurities or whatever that have found a way through it. So if mm-hmm. I can give them, uh, if I can give them a perspective and kind of like a a roadmap to get there, that's that's what I want to do. And so, um, yeah, long term, just creating creating value for others, mm-hmm. showing them, you know, kind of maybe how I've found my happiness and, and accomplishments, um, and replicating that, making that process, making that machine, like I said 
but mm-hmm. making it a value machine, making it maybe a happiness machine where I just am helping people elevate their lifestyles. And yeah, I think one day, you know, that, that comes in the form of a podcast. I love it because you're able mm-hmm. to reach a lot of people yeah. in the form of a course, because that that's teaching, you know, it's uh, tactical. Guest speaking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that's huge, man. Um, I would love to uh, have you come in and talk to my guys for sure uh, about some of that stuff too as well. Um, so Tanner Huber, the mentor, <laughs> is what it sounds like. That, that's, the, that's the legacy you're after right there. So that's uh, that's exciting, man. Um, man, I want to thank you for, for coming on the podcast. Uh, I know when we hooked up, it was like one of those things, it's like, Oh, I'm going to Europe for six weeks. And I'm like, oh, this guy's living his best life. You know, we're lucky if we even get him back from Europe to do this podcast. You know what I mean? But uh, you came back, got on the podcast, provided a ton of value, man. So I appreciate you for that. And, um, yeah, that's that's it. You got you got anything else you want to cover? No, man, I think that's great. Thank you, Doug, for having me. Yeah. yeah I'm going to keep getting out there and grinding so I can try to achieve who I want to be one day, man. I think it's still still a long road and want to leave that legacy like you're talking about. All right, brother. Well, let's get building. Awesome. Thanks, Doug. See ya. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Until next time.